Howdy, Perry sisters and allies. Beth, Annie, Nat, and future guests are here to talk about how perimenopause is affecting our lives. We have more than likely been boozing, so if you're easily offended or you're looking for serious medical advice, you should see yourself out right now. What's behind these fits of rage? Decreased libido and dry vag stage. Why can't I focus on this fucking page? It's perimenopause. Number five, part two of Beth and Annie's Perimena podcast. This episode will be talking more about skin and how we're becoming dudes with pimples and wrinkles and feeling like a teenager. I want to remind you to take good care of your skin. As a good friend, Fred Cooksey told me recently, you don't want your future self to hate your current self. About adult acne, I want to know all about it. This, this is where I get pissed off. Again, we have declining estrogen levels that lead to an unmasking of what are called androgens, which are kind of more like the male hormones, like testosterone. So testosterone stimulates increased and thickened production of sebum, which is the oil that you produce on your skin. Sebum can also lead to increased acne, especially cystic acne, which is, there are all different kinds of acne. Adult acne is caused by hormonal imbalances or increased sensitivity to normal levels of androgen at the level of your skin. It can also be the result of anything that compromises the immune system. So if you're stressed and perimenopausal, and it's like this horrible feedback loop, of course I'm stressed because I'm perimenopausal, and so I'm going to get acne. And that just stresses me out more and makes me more angry. It sucks. Uh, I will say that as a teenager, I had the kind of acne where you get have blackheads and whiteheads. That was the, you know, the extent of my acne. Now I still get some whiteheads and blackheads, but now I'm getting more of what are called pustules. So if you try and pop those bad boys, they just embed themselves further into your skin and because our skin is thinning, we tend to scar more easily even. So now if I pick at it, I'm really sad and it takes three to four weeks for it to clear up. So I've learned just to leave it alone. Don't go near it. It's really frustrating. So how do you know if your acne is caused by hormones? If it flares up at the same time each month, especially right before and during your menstrual cycle, if it appears in the T-zone, so your forehead, your nose, and your chin. If you tend to break out in the same place every time, especially the lower part of your face, your cheeks, and your jawbone. It could be, like I said, deep cystic acne in addition to the blackheads and the whiteheads. Yeah, so what I had as a teenager were called comedones, and now I have the pustules and papules is the other kind. I don't have cystic acne. That's the kind that's really buried deep and then expands across your face. Uh, But some women do get that in perimenopause, even if they didn't have it as a teenager. What can we do about the flipping pimples? Acne in perimenopausal women is rarely severe enough to warrant medical treatment. And then once we're past perimenopause and well into menopause, things will balance out and the acne will go away. So for now, you use gentle cleansers just to take care of your skin, maybe some benzoyl peroxide, salicylic acid as spot treatments. I read that flaxseed oil is an anti-inflammatory, 
you can use that if you're looking for the holistic route. Um, and then Dr. Graf from Mount Sinai in New York City recommends spironolactone, which is an androgen blocker where when we're at this age, the acne tends to be more cyst-like. And I guess that helps to um, get into that barrier. My skin regimen now, I love Yonka Paris skin um, or their like skin and body line. So every night I wash my face with their gentle hydrating cleanser. Then I spray it with the toner and let that dry. Then I apply the, I think it's called the Phyto 58 or something like that, that has rosemary oil in it and some other oils. We're going to talk about rosemary oil when we talk about hair too. It has that in it. And then I use their special Phyto eye cream, eye and lip cream, and I dab, 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 and dab, 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 and I'm done. How long does that take? I, I, I don't know. It's like two minutes. It's not bad. Twice a week, I also use the gommage line that comes with this. And it's essentially, I think it's a glycolic acid that you put on and it's like a clear mask. It's kind of satisfying because it dries and then you have to go like this and rub it off. So it's like when you, we were young and put Elmer's glue on our hand. Oh yeah. And rubbed it off. Yeah. That's, it's sort of the same thing. So it, it's kind of fun to use. But I do that twice a week as well. In, and it's included in the whole rest of this regimen. No offense. That doesn't sound as extensive as I thought it was going to. You were bad-mouthing like me not doing anything. I thought you were going to bust out some 45-minute nightly oh. routine that was I was going to feel ashamed when I heard it. And I don't know for sure, but I would suspect if you are doing stuff to your skin for 45 minutes, it's probably not good for it. <laughs> I wouldn't know. Don't worry, you mess with it, right? You just want to, yeah, keep it simple. Then during the day, um, I wash with just water in the morning, mist it again with my toner, let it dry. I put on my daytime moisturizer, which has, you know, like the anti-pollutant free radical blocker stuff. It smells really good. It has vitamin C in it. And then... I let that soak in for 10 minutes. So that's where it, it does get time consuming because between these layers, you have to let them soak in. I let that soak in. And then I put on um, the Yonka sunblock, tinted sunblock. Annie, are you doing similar things? No, but kinda, I, I'm taking notes. living your life. You <laughs> He's taking I want to look like my sister. I'm like, mm -hmm. uh -huh. yeah, twice, twice a week. Okay, got it. Uh -huh. All right, Annie, you ever had to deal with dry skin? Just out of curiosity. Yes. Yep. Yeah, really? Yep. Since I was 38. Yeah, since the onset of. Is that like when it started for real? Probably 38 and a half-ish, yeah. No, I don't, I don't mean the perimenopause. I mean, like when that started, you started seeing this symptom specifically, like right around that time? I started noticing the thinning of the skin. I think that was the first symptom I noticed before I realized it was perimenopause. And with that comes a little drying. And we'll talk more about it because you lose that that fat layer that attracts the moisture. Beth looks so pensive right now. Well, I, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's funny. I was reading in, so I'm on the Facebook, couple of Facebook groups for perimenopause and there are women in there who are like their whole bodies are dry. I have dry patches, yeah, but not to the extent that I know that some women, according to these groups are experiencing. 
Right. I read that too. It's not just facial dryness, perimenopause, it's the whole body. So at some further episode, we'll talk about dry vag. That's coming up after, after skin. Okay. So what's the next one? Okay. Good stuff. Yep. Yeah. Cause it's not just the face. It's, it's everywhere. Yeah. But I'll talk about dryness. Dr. Ali Batty, Ali Body, board certified physician explains on her website that estrogen is responsible. I feel like estrogen is always responsible for stimulating the formation of the skin, smoothing collagen and oils. That's why as menopause approaches and estrogen production diminishes, we have that dry and itchy skin. And it's extremely common. According to 2017 WebMD article written and reviewed by Robinson and Tureen, when you turn 30, this is, this is really interesting to me. I had no idea. When you turn 30, you start losing a teaspoon of collagen every year. Whoa. Just trying to visualize that, like a teaspoon of collagen every year. I know when a woman is, is born, you already have like a, a finite amount of eggs, right? When Even like when you're small, right? And then you just go through them all. Do you have a finite amount of collagen in your body and then you just lose a teaspoon of it every year? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. yeah, I don't know that we have a, like born with a specific amount. I think our body's really good at producing it and keeping collagen in our bodies until we reach a certain age. And then we just okay. lose about a teaspoon of whatever that production would have been. So collagen is responsible for really three things, keeping your skin tight, cushioned, and hydrated. So over time, you may notice the impact of losing it, such as like the skin elasticity. And that's what I've noticed the most is these cheeks that have the nasal, that it now be, you know, giving me the nasal labial folds because I don't have that elasticity anymore. I have the lines and then of course the sagging skin and the wrinkles. And so often I'll just be in front of the mirror, like just doing this, pulling my cheeks back. Like, oh. You know what I have found is a super high and tight ponytail does the trick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like just 37? stretches your face. Yeah. Or like when I get out of the shower and I have the towel over my head, really, you know, it really works. It. I look amazing. It pulls everything. I, back. I don't know. I think it just pulls my eyes back. <laughs> Do you pull it back and make like sexy faces in the mirror? And just enjoy your really tightly pulled back skin. Now your thirties, maybe. Just sad faces, not sexy faces. Just sad like, faces, even yeah. With- like, look what I have to do to look like this. Oh yeah, or you could talk like this. I remember I mentioned that once before. Oh yeah, like you can pull your, I can pull my mouth over to this. Yeah, side. but then you. So you don't. Have I know, but you can't wrinkle. see my wrinkles. <clears throat> Andy, there's a downside to that also, though. I don't like know. having it your mouth like good. all the way on one side of your you face. Pack your upper yeah. lip with something too, like cotton, like tobacco. Oh yeah, you start chewing and keep it up there instead of in your lower lip. Then I could just have lip cancer. Yeah, there's no downside to that. Right. Well, then you'd have no lips to worry about after. Right. They wouldn't be wrinkled. Yep. Yep. Treatment. Okay. Treatment options for dry skin. You can use a serum, cream, or moisturizer with hyaluronic acid. I've never heard this before. Have you? Really? Probably. Yeah. I. This is all new to me. But because I've never taken care of my skin, it makes sense that it's new to me hyaluronic acid and now this is what i actually added to my grocery list is like find a moisturizer with hyaluronic acid and i think hi it's like karate chopping you know like the age away that's how i'm remembering it my mnemonic <laughs> device and my oldest daughter she does have a moisturizer and she asked for this like specific ingredient in it and that's i'm like oh my gosh she does her research good for her Okay, so I just uh, noticed right this second that you're wearing your perimenopause pod shirt. Yeah, that, that is awesome. Did you notice great. that, Ben? 
Yeah. She did. Okay, and the I'm necklace sorry. she gave me, which you Aww. can't see. Is there a uterus on it? Yeah, kind of. Looks like it, okay. it could be an egg. It's a circle. It's an ovary. Sorry to interrupt. I just noticed it now. Sorry. It's a it's a catchy logo. It is. Yep. Well done. Okay. Uh, Sapora Shane House, who is a dermatologist in Santa Monica, California, um, as quoted in Isadora Baum's 2020 Allure article, says that hyaluronic acid, I have it hyphenated so I can pronounce it correctly, is a sugar molecule that occurs naturally in the skin and it helps to bind the water to collagen, trapping it in the skin so that the skin can appear plumper, dewier, dewier, and more hydrated, which makes sense. So if you have collagen on one side, this is how I imagine it, collagen on one side, water on the other, and then this hyaluronic acid kind of pulls it together. Like it's in that derma, it's in that skin layer. So it makes sense to me then that this could actually possibly work. I've always been a skeptic when it comes to like anti-aging creams. Dr. Shane House or Sapora Shane House notes that natural hyaluronic acid is bound to the collagen on one side and links water molecules to the other, which is giving, which gives the skin its plumpness. In the Facebook group, there was one woman who said that her whole body is dry and itchy and she develops these rashes. Her doctor prescribed hydro hydrocortisone for it and antifungal. But I was reading that you can also apply cool compresses. You can take baths in lukewarm water with colloidal oatmeal, which I like to do if I'm feeling. Um, Is that like what uh, we used to bathe in when we had chicken pox? Yes. Remember chicken pox? Yeah. Chicken pox. Right. Yeah. All right. Just, I mean, you uh, women are thank the right Our kids are gonna be kid has like no idea what COVID? it is. If your rash is itchy, try not to scratch it because our skin has thinned out. You could scar more easily. You want to wear clothes from, and, you know, use natural fibered clothes like cotton. You can use heavier moisturizers and a humectant with uh, aloe or the haya you're on. There it is. There it is. Yep. I'm going to talk about under eye circles, which is another thing that I personally am battling lately. I had never Likewise. had until very recently. Yep. Our skin is thinning, which means that the blood vessels that are, this is already the thinnest essentially part of your skin anyway. So as we're aging and it thins even more, the blood vessels just show up more clearly. That's all it is. So if you lack vitamin D and K, it has more effect on the appearance of dark circles and puffy eyes and can age you, I read by Mark Bennett, by 4.7 very specific years. Years. I'm automatically skeptical that, of a man putting that stat out there. I know, right? Yeah. I want to hear what one of those women that Annie was referencing earlier thinks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. 4.7 exactly. years. 4.7 years. Yeah, I mean, 4.7 years if you're, if you're 90 isn't that big a deal, but if you're 30, it's a big deal. It could be, yeah, yeah. If you're 90 and you look 95, nobody's going to give you a hard time for that. Right. If you have chronic dark circles that just will not go away with what we're, I'm going to tell you, you can do about it, it could be an indicator of adrenal fatigue. So you want to double check with your doctor. As your stress levels increase, your body produces more cortisol, which is a stress hormone, to help you deal with the stress. It makes it harder for you to get good sleep at night. And even if you do fall asleep, then your sleep is restless. You may not feel tired, but you might have dark circles, chronic dark circles. So go check it out. It can also be a sign of anemia, which is another thing you want to 
have the doctor look into. What you can do about it. Make sure you're not anemic. Get some natural vitamin D. So wear sunblock, but go outside and get some sun exposure or take vitamin D supplements and get some sleep. That's basically all you can do. And then work with concealer and learn how to blend it. So Annie, you have like a beautiful head of hair. It is full as it's always been, or has there been hair loss of any kind? Because I'm seeing this on the symptoms. Oh, that's a backhanded compliment. Okay. At first I was like, oh, that's a backhanded yeah. I think beautiful head of hair. <laughs> okay. This is, I'm so self-conscious. I mean, I, didn't, I don't know you pre- You've never met me in person. Pre- Beth, your hair is very yeah. gorgeous too, but like, moment, please. Yeah, no. Oh, thank you. I'll definitely talk about that here. Um, but part of me wonders if it is 2020 because I've been reading about cortisol and how that can like interfere with hair production. You can put it on pause and then three months later, you just lose tons of hair. And that's exactly what happened. I was so stressed by you, this. You have that, lost tons of hair? Like oh recently? my God. Like it would just come out. I was crying about it like multiple oh, times because it would just come out in handfuls. And so I think that is more 2020 pandemic related and less perimenopause. That's what I want to tell myself. Because that you can actually bounce back from once your stress is gone, then the hair production will continue. Okay. Yeah. Hair loss. Um, just with acne, declining estrogen levels lead to the unmasking of androgen, androgens, which we talked about. Androgens are both in men and women, testosterone being the, the biggest androgen hormone. It affects hair loss and regrowth. According to Chapel Hill Gynecology website, androgens shrink your hair follicles, which can cause hair loss on the head. Um, interestingly, androgens can also increase hair growth on other parts of the body, such as the face. I've experienced that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Actually, my chin will have very specific whiskers and they're symmetrical, which is kind of fun. Like I always know when one is growing in, the other one is going to be right there as well. Aww. I know. According to the North American Menopause Society, hair changes, including hair loss and excessive hair growth, are common during menopause transition and postmenopause. There are many factors, including hormonal changes. Oh, there are many factors, including hormonal changes, genetics, and stress. Uh, female pattern hair loss, or FPHL, also known as androgenetic alopecia and telogen effluvium, and that's the stress-related, which I just talked about, like the 2020-related, are the most common patterns of hair loss. And I can talk about, let's see, I just pulled the definitions quickly because I didn't know what they were. Andrew, uh, Medlineplus.gov defines androgenetic alopecia as a common form of hair loss, both in men and women. Hair loss the hair is lost in a well-defined pattern. So beginning above both temples, over time, the hairline recedes to form like a characteristic M. And I, I do feel like that definitely had a receding hairline. And so I'm thinking I might have the female pattern hair loss. I don't think you have it, Beth. I think it's just, I don't see an M there. Thinning. I, it's not the pattern, but it is thinning. That's for sure. It's so thick and luscious. I know, seriously. Yeah. What great hair. Uh, the, you used to have more, I know. Mm. I used to I mean, I'm, I'm also, I feel my hair is receding in a similar way to what you guys are complaining about, but yours both look really good. Isn't that funny? It's all relative. Look, look, mine used to be like way lower. Mine too. I don't know. I swear it was like right here. Maybe that's just because I, this is like one of the few things I can really relate to you on. Like I said, I was crying this past year. It's just, so I, I can show you quick. I can gather up all my hair. Tiny, this is it. This is all I have. And for most people, I think this would be like, you know, a sixth of their hair. So really? I'm definitely feeling self-conscious and just having a hard time coming to terms with this. 
and time will tell if it's perimenopause or stress-related. And the stress-related one is the telogen effluvium. Uh, I looked it up on, you know, I Googled it. Harvard Health says, explains that in a person with telogen effluvium, some body change or shock pushes more hairs into the telogen phase. So typically in this condition, about 30% of the hair stop growing and go into the resting phase before then falling out. So if you have telogen effluvium, you may lose an average of 300 hairs a day instead of 100. What I was experiencing is probably three times what I would normally lose. Because, you know, when I brush my hair, I always clean it out and it's a little bit, but this was just like chunks. But it hasn't happened, you know. Now it's just been, you know, I haven't had the regrowth, but I'm not losing it to the extent that I was. So that's promising. I think about it a lot, clearly. Okay, in terms of treatment options, um, according to the North American Menopause Society, Treatment options include topical minoxidil, and this is also what men use for hair loss, a 5% topical solution used once daily. It's FDA approved. Um, you can use that minox minoxidil solution with an anti-androgen, anti-androgen, which is commonly used in women with the FPHL, though there is limited evidence to support this approach. So check with your doctor first. People or women using hormone therapy may have noticed a difference, um, although you can't start using hair hormone. Hormone. <laughs> That's a good name for the brand, though, like hormone therapy. Hair yep. You can't use it specifically for hair loss. It has to be because, you know, you need like hormone replacement therapy, but you might, you might notice benefits. Um, Anti-dandruff shampoos such as ketoconazole, 2%, and then zinc parathione, 1% may be used to promote scalp hair growth. I think that's it on. Do you remember when hair loss products started coming onto the market for men? Yeah, like Rogaine. Like, like yeah, Rogaine sure. stuff like yep. that. Do you remember Hair Club for Men? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What was that? I uh, remember, the, remember there was all those, those commercials on all the time and the guy was named yeah, Sky yes. Sperling? Yep. Yeah, he, he died in 2020. I didn't realize. He was oh, you know pitching for sad. Hair Club for Men right up until the end. Yeah, so him. pour one out for Sky Sperling. <laughs> I'm not even sure that stuff really even works, by the way. I'm talking like, I remember there was a guy that I went to camp with. He was like 17 and he was going bald. And I just remember, and this, so this was like in, I guess the early nineties or whatever. And he was just frantically rubbing Rogaine into his scalp every night, just like, cause he was terrified of going bald. Yeah. He's bald now. So as a side note, I think that's the sexiest look on men is to be completely bald. Really? That's when I met my husband, Andy, yeah, he was bicked, like he shaved it. Yeah. So I think it's extremely attractive when men are. Well, I'll bald. keep that in mind if the hair loss continues over here. As you should. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I hope your theoretical <laughs> life has the same fetish. No, I mean preference. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sure she would if I had one. Uh, I will say I. I have not lost hair to the extent that Annie has, but I've lost enough. I hate that I can now see my scalp if there's a light above my head. Like, oh, gross. You can see the whole scalp. So I did start taking, I was reading biotin and collagen, both of which are supposed to help with hair regrowth and brittle nails. I have brittle nails. Ooh, I do too. From this. Brittle yeah. nails. What do you, what do you, what is that? What are you talking about? It's all part of the loss of collagen and keratin and all, you know, we're losing all these vital proteins. We just don't make them as much. Really sucks. Um, so the biotin and the collagen are supposed to, you know, it's supposed to help I replenish. I, I don't know. I just started taking them, but there were women in these Facebook groups, like posting pictures yeah, of their I new know. lady hairs and all this hair growth. Um, they also, there were a bunch on there who 
use rosemary oil. They make their own rosemary oil hair stuff. They have done, they, scientists, right? There's been research on mice to show that the rosemary oil was as effective and sometimes even more effective than the minoxidil. Wow. Just thinking about these like mice, mice with just like huge, <laughs> just long flowing locks. That is funny. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know we're talking about a serious thing, but once you started talking about it with mice, I was just thinking about all these mice. With I did wonder where the hair was growing on them and did they like cause hair? Right. Were they like really shaggy or was there or- like have like a bob or what <laughs> i don't know what 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 was it again rosemary 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 oil, oil. so i make my own i i bought i oh i God. went on and researched a diy so i bought hemp oil and i can't remember why i chose hemp over the other stuff i'm sure i had a reason it was late sure. at night yeah i can imagine um, it was definitely an impulse like oh i'm gonna do this so i bought hemp oil and a huge i didn't realize how many fluid ounces this bottle of rosemary it's like this big bottle of rose. I'm going to have so much hair. It doesn't make sense. So I bought that and I made my own according to whatever the recipe was I found online. I will tell you, um, when I turned 38-ish and started to notice the hair loss, we were on sabbatical in Ames. And I went to the uh, one of the salons there that sells very expensive stuff. And I talked to the stylist and I said, listen, I'm starting to lose my hair. It's thinning. What can I do? And so she recommended this stuff. I, I want to say it was close to $100 <laughs> that I spent on this product. It smells exactly like the rosemary oil that I made for myself. Mm-hmm. And it also smells just like I bought myself. I researched anti-aging shampoos and conditioners. And it smells just like that. And I paid a fraction to make my own rosemary oil and for the shampoo and conditioner. Like I when you paid like an arm and a leg that uh, pheasant or whatever that you bought from that oh, guy. Up. I know. I paid $25 for a five pound pheasant. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. But I didn't know how much it was going to cost. No, I know. I told, this, you about pheasant and then, you told the story. I completely could have seen myself doing exactly the same he thing. Was, yeah, you know, sure. He was a local you. farmer and he was like, he was all excited to like get this pheasant out of the freezer. He sent his nephew to go get this pheasant. And yeah, at that point, you got to pay. That, yeah, pay you're committed. There's no going back. I know. Went he, to get he was it. like, all right, that'll be $20. And the bird, it was like a Cornish game hen size thing. <laughs> oh my God. Supporting local. I'm supporting local. It's fine. Right. I thought, well, maybe it'll taste really good. It tasted like chicken. Right. It tasted like chicken. Just like the stuff you make is like the $100 stuff. The rosemary stuff. Yep. I'm going to talk really briefly about whiskers and facial hair because I know we need to wrap this up. So when we produce more estrogen, we tend to, our bodies produce more of the vellus hair, which we also call peach fuzz. And again, as the estrogen levels start to decline, it unmasks the testosterone. I mean, I feel like this whole episode is about turning into a dude, essentially. That's what's happening. We're turning into men. But with no penis. Oh, yeah. That would be nice. What happened? A binary penis? I guess. I don't know. Wait, what would be nice? Say that again. (laughs) (laughs) I think it would be fun to have a penis just for a bit. Yeah, it's all right. We're going to have all this other testosterone, you know, (laughs) induced stuff. Like just a trial period of a week and then you can return it. 
I wouldn't mind having all the female stuff for a while. Right, right. Like if you wanted to trade for like a week at some point, I would do it. Right. If we had that technology, which we don't, but maybe someday. One hundred years. I mean, yeah. if we were in some sort of like a Freaky Friday situation, like How I could, could you not? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Just yeah. for the record, it is pretty fun having a penis. Seems okay. like it would be. Thanks yeah. for rubbing it in her face. Ew, it's, no. Don't <laughs> rub it in her face. Don't. Don't what? Rub your penis in our face. <laughs> as soon as the words are out. That has to be done. Like, that's a by invitation only. It's not <laughs> something you can just go and just do. People get mad about that. <laughs> I assume they would be mad about that. <laughs> All right. So, you said that, it went right over my head. I did not get it until you explained it. Oh, <laughs> my God. Symmetrical right. whiskers. Symmetrical whiskers. Your coarse, you have the coarse facial hair because the testosterone converts to dihydrotestosterone or DHT, which also affects your head hair. So just like with acne, the estrogen's dropping, doesn't balance out the testosterone, and you grow whiskers. What can you do about it? Fuck all, basically. You can <laughs> wax. You can do electrolysis. You can laser it off. Depilatory creams. You can fluff or you can shave. Those are your options. Annie, are you talking about body hair or not? Yeah. Yeah, actually, I've got the right tool for it, too. Mostly wrote, nipple hair is where we're going with Exactly. This. I wrote notes to myself. I don't really have much to say oh, about this other than... As previously noted, androgens can cause the unwanted hair on other parts of the body. And then when I Googled whiskers on boobs, I learned I wasn't alone. So that was comforting. And then there is- What if you Googled whiskers on boobs and they were just like, there is no, like that doesn't match any search we've ever had before. Like what's wrong with you? It sounds like um, the Sound of Music song. What? (laughs) Whiskers on titties. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you mm-hmm. go. Oh, that could be our next jingle. But hair growth, I have, do have one other thing to say too. So I've also noticed hair, excessive hair, like in the nether regions. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you saw me using, I actually have them labeled. You can't see it, but this is upstairs and this is downstairs. I have the, is same, it the same. Is it the same product? You just The don't... same product, but one is upstairs and one is downstairs. Okay. And it works. Does it really? really? It works pretty well. You squat over a mirror. I don't want to pull out my downstairs one, although I swear it is sanitized. Um, yeah, so I've noticed it, and that's how I have dealt with it personally. Okay. So that's what I got. At least you right. got a you system. you have nipple hair, like, younger? Do I have nipple hair? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I know you do. We've talked about it, but mine started before pregnancy even. Do yeah, you, I, it's always been soft. Cold. Now mine are whiskers. That's the difference. Oh, no, mine have always been whiskers. Okay. Do you let it go or do you like do something about it? No, I shave it off. So I, in college, I had a new boyfriend, knew we were going to hang out. So I was doing some titty maintenance and I slipped with the razor and cut my nipple. Oh my God. Oh Oh. yeah. Yep. Mm. And it was bleeding. But did you then hang out? Did you? Yeah, hang I mean, he was like, we were going on a date. Were you bleeding to your plan. shirt? So we, I, and it was bleeding so badly, I had to put a band aid on. 
I honestly, to this day, can't remember what I told him. I don't remember. I, I lied. I was not about to say, oh, yeah, I cut myself shaving my nipple hair. You're um, like propping yourself up like is from blood loss. It's <laughs> <laughs> like the wall of the club you're hanging out in or something. Yeah, I okay, know. My I hairs are it. not on my nipples. They're like on the areola, you know? Well, yeah, that's where they are. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I was yeah. like shaving them off and it mm-hmm. slipped and then yeah. my nipple. And I think I told him I was shaving my armpits and slipped. Oh, sure, I feel sure. like that's yeah. what I told him. I shaved my armpits and I missed by like six. <laughs> yeah, I went like this. I was just like kind of <laughs> sushi chef or something. Yeah. I did pluck for a while, but it just takes so flipping long that it's not yeah. worth it. I pluck. It's kind of fun because they always grow back in the same spot. And you can, you know, when you're doing your manual breast exam in the shower, you can tell you're like, oh, this one's going to be ready in two days to pluck. Because by now, you know, I know the. I think it's funny you do your breast exam. I know I should do them, but. Oh, well. I think that's all the skin stuff we had to talk about, right? We know now that menopause comes with a plethora of skin changes. It doesn't seem fair to have to battle pimples, wrinkles and menopause symptoms all at the same time. But again, you are not alone. Well, thanks for that information. (laughs) Welcome. script I wrote for you. (laughs) Yeah, thanks for that. If folks want- Feel free to give us uh, an email. We don't get many, so the ones we get are dear to us. Perimenopodcast. See how I got that the first time? Perimenopodcast at gmail.com. What? You've been just all over me this episode, just throwing shade. I left. miss you. We haven't seen each other for so long. That's true. I miss you too. But uh, anyway, yeah, send us an email. We'd appreciate it. Yeah. And uh, follow our next episode or two. We will be talking all things Vag. Woohoo! We'll get down into the nitty gritty. Vag? Like vagina? Well, That'll yeah. Be fun. Okay, we'll so that that what, else, what other Vages do you know? none that's it that's it (laughs) that's it okay Mm -hmm. yes until we talk all things vag bleed on bleed on